Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. All right. Well, before I jump into the message, I kind of have an announcement, uh, kind of explanation, uh, uh, introduction, I don't know what to call it. (laughs) Um, So... One of the big goals of the 320 and Beyond initiative is to raise enough funds to, as we've explained in the past, to uh, pay off the mortgage here as well as at Nichols and Vine, um, build an addition up at Nichols uh, uh, and and improvements at Vine, and then get someone that's actually on staff here. And so the primary need is to have someone uh, here that can be the pastor of, of this site, uh, site pastor. Anthony is the site pastor at Vine. And when, when we um, started Vine, uh, two years after we started this congregation, I knew that there, that, that church would need someone there. It's a, it's a unique community. And so, uh, and Anthony fit the bill perfectly. <laughs> Young, uh, already connected with the group there. So that, that's worked out really well. Um, this congregation, we've, we've kind of handled differently, <clears throat> but starting next year, we, we realize that we can't really wait for three years to, to get somebody on staff here, and how can we improve the ministry here between then and now? And so, Mark, why don't you come on up here? <clears throat> Give Mark a hand. <clears throat> so... It's just it's actually about five years ago that we began transitioning. This church has been going for four full years. Um, and when we started, uh, when we made plans, we, we uh, started leasing this building, started making the improvements. Um, one of the things I knew is that I was going to need someone else on staff full-time at Nichols. And, and Mark had been just working uh, part-time, I think only 10 hours a week. Um, and so we hired him to be full-time, because I knew that I would need another full-time person if I'm going to be down here half the time. Uh, and so what I didn't know was how uh, integral Mark would become at this congregation. I was actually kind of not thinking along those lines. I, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. <laughs> a lot of people think I have things all planned out. I really don't. <laughs> I was just like, we'll do it and figure it out as, as it goes. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, turned out Mark, over the last four years, has, has put in a significant amount of time, energy, input uh, in getting this congregation and making it work. And so as an interim between now and when we have the ability to have someone on staff here that lives in this community, Mark is going to be shifting his responsibilities. His job title is not changing. He is the associate pastor of New Day Community Church, as I am the senior pastor of New Day Community Church, and New Day Community Church happens to have three congregations, the Nichols, Vandalia, and Vine. So we pastor all three. Uh, Anthony is site pastor at at Vine, uh, although we use him at the different locations a little bit. What's changing is that Mark is being relieved of all of his responsibilities at Nichols. And so he's, he does a lot up there. Um, you know, he leads our discipleship track ministry, which is uh, both new believers and newcomers that come into the church. is a great, how many, 20-week yep. uh, course that 
uh, he's been uh, refining over, over the years. In the past, he's led children's ministry, youth ministry, pretty much done everything. Um, and so uh, new members, uh, what are, uh, all the various areas that Mark has been in charge of at Nichols, we've delegated to other people so that he can be focused just on this congregation. Um, and uh, they have made, are you going to come down every week? Why don't you come up here? <laughs> this is Amber's wife. Give her a hand. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've made this significant uh, 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 commitment to be here every Sunday unless he's preaching at the Nichols uh, congregation. So um, we are going to continue the speaker rotation. We've, we're honing that. We're, we're tightening it up. We're, we're made the group smaller. We meet weekly to discuss the sermon. So that's getting a little uh, more, uh, we have some goals to make it better. Um, so we will continue having the different teachers rotate. Although for the month of January, just to kind of get things set, Mark's going to preach every Sunday in January. And then uh, 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 February and March is going to be the rotation. And then for the six weeks of, of Lent leading up to Easter, which uh, includes the time of that uh, home Bible studies, that we're going to be doing. The Bible studies and the sermons are, uh, are all being written by Mark and Jimmy. And so they're, they're going to be leading um, all the churches through that, uh, and Anthony doing it at Vine. So, so that's a big shift. <clears throat> and so Mark, is, he's, his title is associate pastor, but he's just gonna, they're going to be here so that um, both when you come, you're going to have his beautiful face, and his even much more beautiful face of his wife uh, here, and, and especially new people as they come in, you know, they want to connect with somebody, and that's really important. That's, that's actually a, a, a pastor, and Mark is continuing getting close to finishing his master's. So, Shanna and Luke, would you guys come up as well? <clears throat> so, Luke and Shanna are the site coordinators, um, and, and that's a little different title because uh, they function pastorally uh, in many, many ways, but uh, they're my go-to people or our go-to people. If something needs to get done, you know what? <laughs> she gets it done. <laughs> yeah. So, and if so much gets done, I don't even know because she just gets it done and I don't, I don't even know. Uh, and so, so they're continuing in that role of site coordinators. Nothing's changing uh, with uh, Shannon Luke's role. Uh, they're leaders here along with Israel and Jessica. They're on the lead, we call it a lead team, or other churches would call that elders. Uh, Dale and Gwen are on the lead team. And Shelton uh, as well is on the lead team, the key core leaders of the church. <clears throat> uh, and there's, there's other leaders in, in different ministries, so... Um, so those all are, are remaining the same, but Mark's going to just be here more. And uh, so we just want to pray for him. So why don't you sit here? Why don't you guys just join with me? Would you join with me in, in praying for Mark and Amber? Especially for their drive down yeah. and back. <laughs> They'll be here not only on Sundays, but he's already coming uh, at least, uh, uh, what, two days a week? Two days a week. And, and also, I don't know if it's ever actually been announced. I'm, if I'm not out of town, which I am a lot, um, on Thursdays I'm here. Uh, and so most Thursdays I, I, I'm here from usually around 1 o'clock, 12 to 1, and often I'm here till 7 or 8. 
Um, and so if you ever just want an appointment with me, any Thursday is really easy for me to, if I'm not in another state or country. <laughs> All right, join with me in prayer. Uh, Father, we just thank you for, uh, one, I thank you for this wonderful congregation, for this church, for what you're doing, for the, your vision, God, for uh, Vandalia and Cass County and, and uh, the part that we as a church can play in that. Father, we thank you for Mark and Amber uh, for their willingness to serve this congregation and do whatever it takes to get it done. And so, Father, we just pray a blessing on them as they, they are willing to sacrifice and make this uh, shift in their lives. Father, but it, let it be not just a sacrifice, but a blessing, one that uh, would, uh, they would see um, growth and that you would prosper them in every way. Uh, Father, and that this uh, community would uh, connect even better that we as a church can reach this community better, Lord. And we just pray the giftings and the anointing, the grace would be poured out in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for Luke and Shanna as well and their incredible role that they've uh, uh, helped pull this together and uh, create the healthy congregation that we have, Father. But we have a vision for much more. We want to see this congregation filled and, and increased, so we have to go to multiple services and we want to see churches launched from this congregation into other communities near, near and far. And so, Father, we, we yield all of this to you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right, there you go. <clears throat> Good news? Is that all right? Yes. Yeah. Clap. Yay. <clears throat> Make me feel better. <laughs> all right, so we're going to uh, finish up, actually, the outward journey which we've been talking about and the conclusion of a year-long series. And, but it's, 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 um, uh, we've been spending December talking about practical ways to uh, live out the outward journey. But I really feel like this last message, um, I wanted to uh, really kind of communicate more of a, the general idea uh, and the big picture, and to reinforce that one last time, uh, because next month we're going to start out with a whole different series. Um, and so this is the conclusion of the outward journey. It's, of course, based on the verse in John 20, <clears throat> where it says, The evening, the disciples, this was after Jesus' life. He was uh, already crucified, uh, died, buried, resurrected. And so everything that Jesus did, he'd already done. He was just before he was about to leave and ascend into heaven. He, he shows up. And one thing I love about Scripture, and I hope that you learn to appreciate this, is that nearly everything in Scripture takes place in, in, in relationship. Okay, There's a few places in the Bible where it's just teaching, like the book of Romans. you know, But... Um, even in the book like Leviticus, there's a lot of stories in there of people and encounter and how you're supposed to live. And so, so much of, uh, of, of the message of the Bible is about relating to one another. And, he, and here we see this, and it's a great example. In the evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors, um, Sunday evening, uh, uh, because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. <clears throat> Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. And can you imagine? They were already afraid. And then Jesus shows up. <laughs> I bet they were terrified. <laughs> and he said, he assures them, peace be to you. He's like, it's okay, guys. Chill out. Relax. 
he says, as I, um, he said, as, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy. So they went from this fear and terror to joy as a response of encountering Jesus. Wow. Uh, when they saw the Lord. And again, he said to them, he repeated it, peace to you as the father has sent me. So I'm sending you. And so that's the, the theme verse of this whole series uh, that we are sent in the same way that Jesus was sent from the father. And so what we want to do is see how the, G, how, G, how the father sent Jesus and look at that. Now, probably one of the most familiar verses of the Bible is this verse, John three sixteen. All right. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I have never preached through this verse, except for a, couple, a week ago when I did it in Nichols. <laughs> you know, I've never used it as a text of a verse because it's so familiar. We may reference it. Um, and this is the problem with using a familiar verse is that you're all familiar with it and you think you already know what it means. And we just want to slow down and talk through this, this verse and unpack it. So look at each kind of the idea that's contained in this very familiar verse, but maybe look at it a little deeper or differently than we normally do. So John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. See it at baseball games? <laughs> John three sixteen. It's like the one verse summary of the message of the gospel, and it really is. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> I noticed pretty quickly when I, when I turned my attention to study this is that the word so here is not used in the way that we usually use the word. Okay, so it's not an emphatic expression. It's not like so much. All right, so just a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I was in Japan uh, and went to minister at the church there, but there's this sushi place. Okay, in downtown Tokyo, okay, sushi is a Japanese dish, right? And so this is the heart of Japan. And this is, and I was shown this, uh, I was taken to this sushi restaurant uh, a few years ago from a man who lives downtown Tokyo, who's a pastor of a church downtown Tokyo. And we were walking by, he says, wait a minute. He says, this is the best sushi place in Tokyo, okay, which is the best sushi place in Japan, which is the best sushi place in the world. Okay, <laughs> now whether or not you like sushi, just bear with me, because I never used to until I, you know, it's like I, I was telling Kathy, Kathy yesterday, we were driving through town, she was like, oh, there's a new Japanese restaurant, we ought to try that, and I'm like, I can't, I'm, I'm ruined, there's no good Japanese food in America, right, because I discovered Japanese food in Japan, and it's, it's completely different, anyway, um, <clears throat> I went into this, uh, this sushi place just a few weeks ago, I've been looking forward to it because uh, I went there a few years ago the first time. And I ordered a piece of sushi and I put it in my mouth. And there's this, there's this it's, it's called albacore, you know, like albacore tuna? All right. But this is, it's called fatty albacore tuna. And it's raw and it's on rice. And everybody thinks, oh, I wouldn't like the, t- the texture of it. But it melts like butter. There is no texture. I'm mean, seriously. It's like you put it in your mouth and it just melts like butter. And it is phenomenal. And I say, so good. You know, just to myself. I just put it, so good. And the chef, he said, Oh, so good? And I said, Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, so good. He goes, Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> he knew what that meant. It's so good. You know. 
like really super fantastic out of this world good. Right? And it was for sushi. Uh, that's not how this word is used here. This used, it, it would be better translated, and it is translated in some places, that God uh, translated as in this way. Right? So a better translation would be God in this way. Or he did it just so. Uh, we, that's the only time we use the word in that, in that sense. So God in this way. Now he does love the world in an incredible, emphatic way, but he's expla- this verse is explaining the way that God loved the world. Okay? And so this is important because um, if, if, the, if we're being sent in the way that the Father sent Jesus, then we want to know the way that the Father sent Jesus so that we are sent in the same way, all right? And so the rest of the verse describes the way and the degree to which God loved the world. I'm, I'm gonna, I used a commentary written over 100, about 150 years ago to break it down into, I think there's five components that we're going to look at this verse and go through it, hopefully quickly, um, and, and apply it. <laughs> so the world... And, the, you know, God so loved, God in this way loved the world. And the word for the world is, is um, what, uh, the Greek word cosmos, okay? And, and the meaning of cosmos is, in the English, the whole cosmos, okay? <laughs> Which, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> it's the whole system. All right, it's the it's the it's the biggest word in the Greek language to describe everything in the world, and the planets, and the solar system, and the, everything, uh, everything. All right, and God so loved the cosmos, and sometimes we we don't read this verse that way. We might say, "Well, God so loved all the people in the world," and that's absolutely true. Right? Because he, he, that's part of the cosmos. I compare it to, it's like um, the creation was built as the house for God's kids. And so God loves all the kids, all the people, but he also loves the house that he built for them. All right? And so, yeah, he loves the people, but he actually loves the house, too. He loves the planet mm-hmm. and the fact that it goes around the sun. I think when God looks at creation, he goes, man, I did a good job. He actually said that in the creation story. This is good. This is very good. I think he still says that. His opinion hasn't changed. All right? And the Christianity has this idea that God... Hates the world, you know, and and unfortunately, and you know, we're evangelical Christians, and we understand that some people get too extreme and environmental, or loving the planet, or loving the animals more than people, and they get out of whack. But you guys also know that the, the world is amazing. Crops grow out of the ground. Trees are beautiful. The whole thing. We love sunsets. Love Lake Michigan. That's all part of the cosmos. And so God loved the whole of it as well as every part of it. Yeah, right. All right? And, and he, 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 so the, the world, the cosmos, all the people in it, 
He demonstrated that love. Uh, he has this incredible, immense love of God to the perishing world, measurable only and conceivable only by the gift which it drew forth from him. Okay, so the component number one is the world, the whole cosmos. And let's not limit that to any one part of the cosmos, but he loved all of it and loves all of it. And then this love. Well, what is the love of God? I love this commentary because it describes is that the only way we can measure God's love or even conceive of it is by looking at the gift which that love drew forth out of him. Now, we just celebrated Christmas. I don't know if you're... Christmas was like my Christmas, but we buy gifts for people we love, right? Did you? Did you have Christmas last year? We, right, you gather around, and so we had our whole family, and we had gifts, and you pick out a gift, uh, hopefully, that the person you're going to give it to likes, right? Why? Because you want to bless them. You want to show your love in some way. And, you know, especially when you have kids, you just, when they're unwrapping, you just, you're looking for that gleam in their eye when they go, yeah. Um, and that's what, the, uh, so that's in a tiny little way how we experience what God experienced. But the gift that was drawn out from him was not just a, you know, new phone or a gadget or a toy. It was his son. And so how big is God's love? Big enough to draw out. His, that love for the cosmos, for the world, caused, uh, drew out of him this incredible gift that demonstrates the magnitude of his love. And so we cannot, again, so, so often Christians, as well as people in the world, only think of God as hating or being mean, being judgmental. Right? But it's God's love upon this world that was perishing, okay, uh, that caused him to give the gift that he gave. And the gift itself, I'm just going to read this the way it was written in the commentary. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Or, in the language of Paul, when he writes about the same idea in Romans, spared not his own son. Or in another place, in that address of Abraham, when he was ready to offer Isaac on the altar. So that picture from uh, way, way at the beginning of the Bible when Abraham demonstrated the same thing that God was, uh, it was foreshadowing what God was going to do with his son and offered, uh, was willing to offer uh, Isaac on the uh, sacrifice, as a sacrifice. It said, he withheld not his son, Abraham withheld not his son, his only son whom he loved. And so this, this refrain goes through the whole of Scripture that demonstrates the gift, this incredible gift, which was Jesus Christ, okay? God the Son coming as a person. And so what other gift could he possibly give to communicate the, the incredible measure of his love for the world than sending his own Son, not only to live and to teach, but to, to die, to give his life, right? And so this, this is the measure of God's love was incredible. So the component number one, the world. The component number two, the love of God. Uh, and the component number three is the gift that that love gave. And then uh, this verse includes the fruit of the love or the outcome of this stupendous gift was not only deliverance from impending eternal punishment, but the bestowal of everlasting abundant life. So the gift produced something, right? fruit. And that fruit was two parts. 
the people who received that gift uh, was, were delivered from eternal punishment. That's good, right? How many want to not go to hell? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's only part of the message, folks. It's an important part, right? Because people need to know about hell. Jesus talked about hell more than anywhere else in the Bible. Right? He wasn't afraid to talk about it. But Jesus didn't come just to deliver people from hell. Right? It was unto entrance into abundant, everlasting life. And that doesn't just mean heaven. Okay? That life is supposed to start now. Resurrection life. We live a new life. Now we will live the fulfillment of it when Christ returns and we're free from everything that's still entangled and uh, corrupted with sin. Uh, and so the, the, uh, so the fruit and then the mode. And the mode is equally as important as the other components, right? Sometimes you, you diminish the, the mode uh, or the method uh, from like the gift of the love. Is, is, the, is, is the mode, the method of receiving this gift and the fruit uh, any less important than the love of God? No, it's not less important because <clears throat> uh, the method or the mode, the way we partake of it is relationship, all right? It's, it's belief, Whosoever believes on him shall not, have, uh, shall not uh, suffer eternal punishment, but have abundant life, right? We believe that. But belief is faith, it's, and faith is relationship. It's a, it's a relationship of trust that you enter into. So it's not just believing some facts, uh, but it's coming into a relationship where you actually have uh, an understanding of the character of God, and that character of God is reproduced in you. And so that mode... Uh, uh, when you uh, walk, uh, when you exercise that method or that mode, when you come into faith, you come into relationship, that then enables you to uh, experience the fruit that was born through the gift of Christ being given that was given from the love of God uh, that he has for the whole of the world. Does that make sense? All right. <clears throat> so this is a very significant verse. In fact, uh, John uh, wrote the Gospel of John and then the letters of John and then the book of Revelation. You know, it's this constant theme. He was the, he's the apostle of love. So how can we then be sent in the way Jesus was sent? If that's how Jesus was sent by the Father, well, how can that apply to us? Well, first of all, we're sent to the world, okay, in the widest sense of the word. And so again, we don't want to limit how we live out uh, our sending to the world, or, or what we define as the world. So does it mean the people? Yeah, it means all of the people. It means every person equally. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't die just for a, a, a few select people? <laughs> he died for the sins of the world. Um, John actually says that he, he's the propitiation of the payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. All right, and so Jesus, uh, just like the Father sent Jesus to be the, uh, His love to every man, woman, and child on planet Earth, you, Mark, you, each one of us, Pat, you, need to see each person in the world as an opportunity to communicate the love of God. All right? And we need to have that love. We're sent in love, okay? And not only to the people, but I think we need to care for the planet. Um, And even love the creation. 
it's not wrong to do that. Just like when you stand at the beach and you watch a beautiful sunset and you just go, wow, and it draws forth praise to God. You say, look at the, look at the wonder of our creator. Well, in that way, in a healthy, wholesome, godly way, we are to enjoy and love the world yes. in that sense. Uh, we're sent in love, a love that compels, uh, a love that draws out. Um, so we should have the same type of love that the Father had and the same type of love that Jesus had that, uh, that motivated him, that compelled him, that allowed the best to be drawn out. And we're sent with a gift. <clears throat> and that gift is the most valuable thing we have, which is Christ in us. All right. The Father sent Jesus to the world, Jesus sends us, but we have Jesus in us, all right? So Christ in us, the, the hope of glory. Uh, uh, when we're a Christian, when we've accepted Christ, when we've asked him into our lives, we're, we're many Christs in a way, all right? We're like a delivery service for the person of Jesus. Uh, but I think it also means in the same way that Jesus gave his whole life, you and I are called to give our whole life. Right? He didn't give just part. He gave it all. And you can't hold back any part of your life uh, and keep it as your own in this sense. Right? Because if you do, you'll actually lose it. But if you give it all, you'll save it. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus taught us. That when we give every part of us, when we follow his example then we are able to experience the fullness of what God wants uh, for each of us in our lives. And so examine yourselves. How can you live your life in a way that reflects the complete dedication that Jesus lived his as an expression of uh, the gift from the Father that was drawn forth out of the love that God has for the world Mm -hmm. in the same way? How can we do that? How can we uh, bear fruit? All right. So this, uh, obviously, I think, would be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, patience. Self-control, there we go. (laughs) Still working on that one. (laughs) Right? And so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ in us, is to, to, to bear fruit. And it's, it's by living that way that we actually can communicate best. You know, if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, if you're not living a life that looks like Jesus' life, you're not going to be a real effective witness. You're not going to be effective on your outward journey of, of getting the message to the world because they're not going to see love. They're going to see whatever issue you're dealing with. Does that make sense? If you're angry, if you're bitter... If you're uh, uh, bound up in, uh, in sin, they're going to see that. And so they're not going to see the fruit. They're not going to see the gift. They're not going to know the love uh, that God has for the world uh, unless we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, in a charismatic church, we're a spirit-filled church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And, um, you know, so a lot of people will read this if you're a charismatic and you go, uh, uh, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, that means speaking in tongues, right? Or, or, or raising your hands in worship. <laughs> and those are just little parts. Those are expressions. Those are actually exercises that uh, release the Holy Spirit in your life. The real demonstration is living like Christ. 
living and resurrection uh, power. Okay, and then we are sent uh, with a mode. In other words, we have a method. And the methodology, even though we're not Methodists, there's a joke, another joke. <laughs> um, uh, 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 the, the method is relationship, yeah. all right? So in the same way that Jesus, you know what? He connected with people. He met people and said, hey, follow me. Hang out with me. Learn from me. And he, and he interacted with uh, We see all through the Gospels, we see stories of him interacting with religious people, hypocrites, uh, prostitutes, tax collectors, all kinds of different people, sick people, healthy people, rich people, poor people, whoever he could in the short time he had. He built relationship, and he drew people into that relationship. And that's how we're sent. That's how you're sent. That's what the outward journey is all about, is taking what we've received from God through the inward journey and the upward journey, um, and then being a delivery system, being the Amazon of God, (laughs) uh, to get the message out to, to other people. So if you've read Scripture, if you've been in church for long, you may have come across this other verse, also written by John, in 1 John 2.15, and I think we need to examine this because it actually helps us understand John 3.16 better. Okay, bear with me. How many, how many remember this verse? Uh, how many thought of this verse while I was talking about love in the world? So, probably not, because we were on that theme, and I'm going to, you know, throw a curveball here. <laughs> the Bible also says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, uh, many people think that the Bible's full of contradictions. They don't know the real ones. Because <laughs> this is one of the... This is one that se- is seemingly a direct contradiction of John 3.16, right? But it's written by John. So I don't think John was uh, conflicted. Or he wasn't contradicting himself. This is true. Do not love the world, and the world there is cosmos, nor the things in the world. Wait a minute, you just told me we're supposed to love everything in the world. Well, it's a different, the context explains it, okay? In other words, the, 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 the context of John 3.16 was the motivation by which uh, uh, God sent Christ to redeem that perishing world. Remember that word perish? All right. Well, this is talking about the perished part of it. Right? And the same, same commentary explains it this way. The world here means man and man's world, or humans, humankind's world, in his and its state as fallen from God. Okay? And so the state that's... Fa- all of the stuff in the world, both humans as well as the natural stuff like sickness and cancer and tr- tragedy, okay? That's part that I don't love, Okay? I don't love cancer. I hate cancer. All right? I don't love tragedy. I, don't, I hate that. Okay? I don't love um, uh, uh, children being abused all right? or people caught in the sex trade industry. I hate that. All right? But that's still part of the world. All right? But that's, that's the fallen part. And so we're not to love that. God loved the world with the love of compassion. And we should feel the same kind of love for the fallen world. Wow. You actually, we're called as Christians, and this is, this is something that we don't just produce out of our own effort. This is, we reproduce uh, the character of Christ in us, actually has a love, a uh, compassion for, uh, 
for those that are fallen. Right? God loved the perishing world. Even though it was perishing, He loved it. All right? And so we're to have that same compassion. But we are not to love the world with congeniality and sympathy in its alienation from God. Some three big words there. Let me break it down a little bit. Congeniality is friendly. Being friendly. Don't, uh, to be a friend of the world is an enemy with God. That's another scripture. All right? And so uh, this idea that we don't uh, love the world in, in make, and make friends with the world or even be sympathetic with the world in its alienation from God. We cannot have this latter kind of love for the God-estranged world and yet also have the love of the Father in us. Let me give you an example. I was reading uh, some people debating this question that we're, we're going to uh, delve into with the grace and truth study. How do you love someone that's caught up in a homosexual relationship? Um, and, you know, some people are really, like, they're, they're not, like, just goofing around. They, they really believe it. Right, um, that that's who they are, and how do you how do you interact? And, and there's this one group of Christians that say, "Well, we're supposed to love them, and so out of sympathy for their condition, even though we believe that their condition is wrong, we love them the way they are, and we don't ask them to change." And that's where the, that's that's the part where they get wrong. So I love them, whether it be someone caught in homosexuality or someone caught in addiction or someone uh, caught uh, in anger that led to murder, or someone, whatever the crime or the lifestyle that is destructive, you know, I still have a love for them, but not a love that says it's okay to be that way. You wouldn't love a murderer that way. Oh, he's just, he was born that way, you know. No. Um, and so we don't have a friendliness or even a sympathy in its alienation, its separation from God, but we have a compassion that sends something that has the power to change them and to rescue them. See the difference? All right, and there's a huge, huge difference. A lot of Christians get this wrong. They, they think, oh, we we'll just make, the, make their life more comfortable, have sympathy for them. But that's not true love. That's not compassion. And so we're not to love the world in that way, but we are to love the world in the way that God has called us to. I'm just going to, I think the last verse here, uh, John 3.16 is actually restated in the letter of First John. Uh, so further down in that letter, he says this, By this the love of God was manifested in us, or revealed in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. I think that verse is actually John 3.16, just John repeating that refrain once again in a different way that he, he spoke throughout his life in so many different ways. And goes on and explains it. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment, uh, uh, the removal of pen- penalty for our sins. All right, so this is talking about the love that God had for us, humankind, and the cosmos while we were still sinners, all right? He, he had the love, the love to the point that he gave his best. And so then it says, Beloved, if God so, or if God in this way loved us, we also, or we also in this way, ought to love one another. Let me just pause here for a second. I've always interpreted to love one another as loving one another Christians. 
This is talking about how to relate to other Christians. But I want to challenge you. I don't think that's what he means there. Because he's explaining that God loved, not that, uh, that, that he loved us, not that we loved God. All right? So this is people who were not loving God. He loved. And then it goes on saying, in the same way, people that we encounter or things in the world that are not in line with God and maybe are enemies of God, those are the ones that we are to love. Because that's the way God loved. That's what this verse is saying. So the one another is everyone. Yeah, we're supposed to love one another. You know, If we can't figure it out amongst those who agree and, and our spiritual family, how can we represent that to the world, to those who are enemies on the outside, who are those who are ignorant? On the outside, yeah, we need to have love for one another, but we need to share that same love to those and say, hey, you know what? They're one another's too. They just have yet to come into the family. <clears throat> says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected or made uh, to uh, maturity in us. And by this, we know uh, that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. All right? And so that last verse, we're just going to unpack that quickly. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us. So John gives us, God gives us in this verse, a few ways <clears throat> that we can know that we are in Christ and Christ are in us. This is a test of whether or not you're a Christian. All right? Whether or not Jesus is really in you and you're really in him. Are you ready for the test? You want to take the test? <clears throat> Three ways. We have his spirit. Okay, so yeah, that means the Holy Spirit in us, but I think that means the spirit of Christ. All right, and so have you ever been around somebody that's just a, just has a jovial spirit? They're happy. They're always happy. Walk in a room and pretty soon everybody's happy because they're in the room. Yeah. You ever encounter that? You like those kind of people? Ever been around an ordinary person? Like your boss, maybe? If your boss is in a bad mood and you walk into the meeting and you know instantly this is not going to be a fun meeting. No one has to say anything. That's a spirit, okay? Christ had a spirit. And his spirit was love that demonstrated the fruit that came from the love of God. Uh, for the whole world. So we need to have the same uh, spirit or mind, passion, and purpose that Christ had. And so if you, you see that in you, then, then you know that you, you abide in him and he in you. So I just ask you, do you have Christ's spirit? And maybe you don't. And if you don't, that's, if you don't see the evidence of it, you need to ask, do you have it? And that's why we're here, is to lead people into that. You can have it. You can receive the gift. Uh, whether you, you've never confessed Christ or you've been a Christian, but you haven't seen the Holy Spirit change your life so that you're walking in the same passion, purpose, and, and uh, 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 mind that Christ was. And then how can you increase that? How can you receive it or increase it in 2018? So my challenge for you as you leave today, think about this. How can you have more of Christ's Spirit in your life in 2018. Second thing is we have seen. Okay, this means personally experienced. Right? Not just observed something, but
but it means to, to, to study and, and actually experience it personally. And so have you seen Christ? Have you experienced him personally to the point where it's changed your life? And again, if, if you have, great. Um, if you haven't, it's a good thing to know that you haven't because you need to. You need to keep looking. Seek and ye shall find, all right? Knock and the door will be open. But you also need to increase it. And so my challenge for you as we wrap up this outward journey is how can you increase or how can you a better experience Jesus in 2018? You know, and before the day is out, write down a few ways that you can experience Jesus. And if you can't come up with any way, talk to Dale. Because <laughs> he's an expert at that. Or talk to Mark. Or, or, or come to the Tuesday night classes. That's what he teaches. Come to the Lenten studies. That's what we teach. You need to see Jesus personally. And the last one is we testify to be a witness. These are the ways that we know Christ is in us and we're in Christ, is that we tell other people. All right? Uh, that's what it means. And so have you been telling other people? Have you ever told anyone the full message of the gospel? Have you ever tried? Um, and if you haven't, then you actually have to step back and go, wait a minute. If this is a test, if this is what the Bible says I need to have in order to know Christ is in me and I'm in him, and I'm not doing it, then you should say, maybe I don't have enough of that spirit in me. Maybe I haven't experienced it fully. And so if you, if you have the first two, uh, but you don't have this one, you need to ask yourself, do I have the fullness of it? And I would say, you, you don't. You're not walking yet in the fullness of what it means to have Christ abide in you and you in Christ if you're not telling other people. Because if Christ is in you, he's gonna get, he wants to get out. All right? That love compels. And if you're not compelled to communicate the message of the gospel to, the, to those that you meet and to be an example in every situation and circumstance that you find yourself, then maybe you need more of him in you or maybe you need to get more of you in him. Understand that? And so figure out a way. What are some practical ways that you can do that in 2018? Make a list. Write a short list of two or three people that you want to you want to pray for, or you want to talk to about Jesus. You want to broach the subject. Hey, have you ever, you know, have you ever gone to church? Have you ever read the Bible? Have you ever, where are you at in your spiritual journey? You know, just, you'd be surprised. Most people want to talk about it. We think most people don't. Actually, most people do. They just don't want to be preached to. You know what they want? They want relationships. Well, guess what? That's the mode that we were sent with, is to establish a relationship with people so that we can eventually share the gift that comes from the love of the Father with the world. So let's make Christ seen in 2018. Hey. We were trying to get a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> came up with it. <laughs> Let's make Christ seen in 2018.
Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you that you've given us this tremendous love. Uh, Lord, and I do pray that 2018 we'd be able to make you famous yes. in Cass County, Father, in South, South, Southwest Michigan. Father, in our lives, uh, help us make you famous. Help us give the gift of Christ to the world and, and, and lead us and continue leading us in all three of the journeys as we journey on the outward journey of communicating and changing our communities uh, to be more uh, influenced by you and your kingdom. Upward journey of getting to know you better and, and growing in, 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 in understanding and love for you. And the inward journey of sorting our stuff out and getting healed up on our in, insides and our, our spirits, our minds, our souls. Father, I just pray that 2018 would be a year of new beginnings, a, a year of increase, a, a year of blessing, uh, a year of open doors. Father, a year of fulfillment uh, where things that have seemed to be held back and a restrain that just out of reach would come into reach and that each and every person here would experience both a new uh, experience uh, in you as well as in their in their actual uh, day-to-day life, Lord, that there would be, it would be a year of increase and a year of advancement for your kingdom and for each of us individually. Uh, by your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we have a prayer team available. Uh, Reuben and, uh, can pray for you, and if you have any needs whatsoever, please come up, and they'd love praying. <clears throat> Otherwise, uh, stand up, greet one another. You're dismissed. Be sure to have a happy new year tomorrow, the celebration. Be sure to uh, be responsible tonight.